Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. Now, here's your host, Richard Carthon. Today's podcast is brought to you by Streamer, the decentralized platform for real time data. You can distribute unstoppable data streams over a global open source peer to peer network and help build out the new data economy. You can unlock the value of user data without setting up your own custom infrastructure. Streamer also uses smart contracts on the Ethereum blockchain to secure payments and data permissions. For more information, please go to streamer.network. That is S-T-R-E-A-M-R dot network. And now for today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of CryptoCurrent. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I got a special guest working out in Cryptoland, all the way out in Switzerland, working on a really extremely cool project, Streamer Network. We have Henry. How are you doing today? Hey, hey, thanks, Richard, for having me on. I'm doing excellent. Happy to be on the show. Excellent. Well, I'm excited for you to be here. Excited to learn more about all the things that you have going on. Before we do, I want to learn more about you. Can you give us some background on yourself? Yeah, sure. So, hey, I'm Henry. I'm co-founder and CEO of streamer. I have a tech background, so I used to study computer science, went on to becoming a professional software engineer. I used to work in e-commerce, but then somehow I got into algorithmic trading, which was kind of my first touch point with data and real-time data and how to kind of extract value out of that. Did that for a while, actually, and then started building some IoT type of big data infrastructure still in the cloud space at the time. But then started thinking more about like open source and decentralization and Ethereum blockchain had launched and kind of all these new ideas were coming up. And then I started to think about how the data economies that we're going to have in the future and data infrastructures that we're going to have in the future, how those should look like and decided to kind of go all in on, on that stuff. So I guess I'll get to talk about that in a bit more detail later on but yeah basically been writing code since i was six years old so i'm a nerdy boy turned into software professional turned into serial entrepreneur and ceo that's i me. mean <laughs> sounds like a very exciting background i mean the, the a great entrepreneurial route and on that lens you know you started talking about how you got into algorithmic trading and some of the ways that you really started getting into data sets when you started to get into that, is that when you first learned about crypto? Or tell us about how you first learned about the space and then decided, okay, this is something worth spending some of my attention on. Yeah, it was in the, in the kind of start of the trading days, especially the first company that I started with my co-founder, Nikke, who is also a co-founder in Streamer. So we've been working together for like 10 years. And we were, back in the day, we were trading just normal stocks on the stock market. And Nikke was raving about this new thing called Bitcoin. And nobody really knew what it was. It, this was like in 2010 or, or something like this. And Bitcoin was like $1, $2, I think, market price. Wow. And it was like, hmm, kind of dismissed it as a joke <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Didn't go in, didn't go, you know, didn't start trading or anything. We were just 
quite focused on what we were doing in the algorithmic trading of stocks on the more traditional markets and we completely missed out on the on the early days of crypto but then kind of same phenomenon happened again when ethereum launched in in 2015 then it was like starting to seem a bit more serious you know and when we came to 2016 2017 the first icos were starting to pop up there was like actual killer use case for ethereum and at the time we were also like trying to build data infrastructure but not not in the decentralized space but rather in, in like cloud era but there was always the problem that you know no one wanted to build any critical solutions on top of some product made by a little startup somewhere right, right. you know if you talk to a big enterprise they're like who are you guys uh, you know we, we're not going to build anything serious because you know you, it doesn't have that kind of credibility but then the idea of decentralization and trustlessness and open source and all of that started to click very nicely in the sense that, okay, we can actually build something, but running it doesn't rely on us. So anyone who uses it doesn't need to trust us to keep it up and running in any way. They can kind of take the driver's seat in the solution and participate themselves. And that fit really well with the idea of the real-time data infrastructure that we were planning to build and stuff that would come on top, such as data marketplaces and data crowdsourcing and this kind of phenomena that didn't really exist yet at the time and would also not be possible to build as a small startup because of the credibility issue, but would also not be possible to build as one of the big five companies, Google or Amazon, they would have a hard time building this kind of infrastructure, or for example, data marketplace, because people are already concerned about the power that these companies have and the amount of data that they control and collect of companies and processes and individuals everywhere. So it, it's also a challenge for them to build something big like that. So really the open decentralized way was the way to go. And also the space was seemingly starting to solve some of the fundraising problem as well in the form of the ICO that you could actually make an open source project that can launch a token and get funded by those means. So it just totally clicked with our idea and we went for it and we did an ICO in 2017 and raised 30 million for the project. So we Congrats. started in 2017 and made a roadmap of five years. So what we're building, it's a big project. I'm not right. going to lie. It's a, it's a you know challenging thing. And we knew that, okay, this is going to take time. It's not like you copy paste something that already exists to make a new Uniswap clone DEX on a new sidechain or whatever. It's like getting back to the fundamentals and building stuff that doesn't exist from scratch. Which is a huge undertaking. And real quick, I want to dive into that. So now you got into crypto and you learn about it and you learn about these data sets and you're like, okay, how do we get this on a level playing field? How do we get it decentralized in a trustless way? And so I guess that is where the concept of streamer came from, at which point in 2017, you had your ICO, was able to raise $30 million. But with that money and, and what you're trying to build, can you just simply put like, what is Streamer? And I know that you're working with data, but what are you ultimately trying to accomplish? It's ultimately like a peer-to-peer -peer network for sharing real-time data streams. Traditionally, this kind of thing is like available on, let's say, a cloud stack. Like somebody's publishing data and some other people are subscribing to data. 
And there's usually like a topic that identifies the stream of data that we're talking about. So usually there's like a single machine, everybody connects to that, and then the data flows. And the typical things that you'd implement on this kind of stuff is anything from like, you know, there's there's a very broad range. It's like a basic primitive. So anything from a chat application to some real-time presence things like, you know, 145 people are looking at this thing right now, all the way to, you know, whole big data ecosystems where IoT devices in a smart CD are communicating with each other. All of these need this kind of messaging infrastructure that is either based on a centralized thing and then you have to trust it and it doesn't really scale because everyone's connecting to the same point. Or you create a decentralized version where everyone is just like a peer on a peer-to-peer network and they're kind of both consuming and contributing resources to the network at the same time. If you're a subscriber, you want some kind of data from the network. Maybe you're publishing some interesting information like your predictions about the crypto markets for for the next 60 seconds or whatever. (laughs) I'm interested in that. So I can go in, I can subscribe to it. But while I'm receiving it, I'm also relaying it on to other subscribers. So this way we can achieve scalability in the network. So everyone's kind of pitching in to make it scale. So you can have like broadcast systems where someone who's publishing data, it can be distributed to millions of people very quickly and without any central point. So nobody kind of has control over the network or no one can disrupt it. You don't need to trust anyone to make these kind of things happen. So it's like a building block for future applications and data economies. Right. Just so I can like kind of like translate it to some of the, the newbies out there. The way that I see it is you're getting all these data sets and they, they all kind of speak a little bit differently. And what you're able to do is to put them all in like a comprehensive language that they all can then communicate back and share the information in a decentralized way so that all the information is kind of being transferred in a pretty seamless way. Kind of. It's, you can think of it as something like WhatsApp, but for machines, first of all, applications and machines. It's not like people, you know, typing text, but usually machines and machine data. The other difference to WhatsApp is that it's not a centralized thing. It's like a co owned thing. You remember back in the day, we used to have BitTorrent that everyone was using to share files. Right. Um, so streamer is maybe something like BitTorrent, but not for static files, not for like a file that doesn't change, but rather a stream of data that is constantly changing. Right. right. So that kind of thing, distributing and sharing streams of data. Like let's say there's an IoT sensor, a temperature sensor somewhere on my roof. And it's like every every 15 seconds producing a new reading. So I can kind of broadcast that onto the network and anyone who's interested in that data can get it from the network. So there's the transport layer, which is the streamer network, but then all kinds of things can be built on top. For example, you know, a data marketplace so that if my data is valuable to you, I can put a price tag on it, right? And you can go in and buy access to my data. Let's say it's like 10 bucks per day to view the data that I'm producing. So you can do that completely trustlessly. And expanding on that idea, you can also have this kind of data crowd selling. So if my data alone is not interesting, but the data of 100,000 people like me are interesting, let's say everyone 
uses a certain app or has a certain kind of phone or, I don't know, drives a Tesla or whatever connected car kind of thing, then together, the data of all these 100,000 people, that's actually interesting and valuable. So you can create a structure where all these people come together and pool their data into a single stream or data product. And then when someone buys it, then the revenue gets shared with everyone who contributed data. So you can kind of have this earned by providing data kind of mechanisms, but everything is built on top of the underlying infrastructure that does the actual message transport. So it's like a layered, layered thing. So what you just kind of described, you know, the first two things that came to mind was like, okay, we're already seeing that kind of challenge where people don't want either their data shared or they want it to be like something that they have the option to opt into. Like Apple recently put it to where with certain data that's being shared, you have to opt into letting that happen. But the difference here is that like if you were to opt into to letting your data be shared, you actually will be compensated for however it is exactly. being used in a greater way. And like I think that is a lot more appetizing to people than everyone just mindlessly getting their data taken anyway and then not really being compensated for it in the first place. Yeah, exactly. This is one of the use cases. And there's countless, it's such a like basic primitive that there's countless use cases. It's kind of like what's the use case of blockchain or smart contracts, right? It's it has so many. many. And, and, you know, then the killer apps are eventually discovered. And this kind of data, data selling, data marketplaces, data crowdsourcing, it's, it's one killer app, but, you know, it, it's a building block for, for future applications and the web 3.0, the decentralized web. Right. So, yeah, I mean, so many different use cases. It sounds like a lot is in the pipeline. One of the things that we kind of talked about before coming on the show is that I believe you have something very interesting where you have a potential new DAO coming up, a potential spinoff. Do you want to kind of talk on that a little bit? Yeah, that's actually related to the data crowdsourcing idea that I was describing. So there's the transport layer, which is the streamer network. And then we build kind of like a product on top that's called data unions. And that's exactly like a technical framework for doing that kind of data crowdsourcing thing that I was describing. So 100,000 people combining forces to earn on their data. So right. this product is now being spun off to a kind of separate project called the Data Union DAO, which will have its own token called Union. And real quick, can you explain what a DAO is for everyone? DAO is basically like a governance method where people vote with tokens. So it's a way to make decisions and organize around a project or like govern a technology such as the data unions framework. So basically everyone who's building on the technology, everyone who's kind of interested in having a stake in the ecosystem, they can join in to influence their where that is going. And also on the streamer project, the decisions are are made in that same way. So everyone's kind of able to participate and make decisions about how it works. Which is extremely cool. Like, and I just want to take a second on this really quickly. Like, imagine you be basically becoming part of this company and, and truly having a voice, truly having a way to vote on the future of where a company is headed. So in a lot of companies, there's in the US, for example, if you have like an LLC, you have the centralized, you usually need like a 51% majority rule. But if you have board members and all this other kind of stuff, it still could be very hard to decide where the direction of a company is. But when you have a DAO, it's a lot more decentralized and you have a lot of different viewpoints from the people that are within it. It allows for a lot more of decisions truly being made by 
the people within the group to, to drive decisions for it. It's like a direct democracy, which we have here in Switzerland. I'm a Finnish guy and I'm kind of excited about how the governance model of Switzerland works. Like people go and vote directly. And it's exactly the same in the DAO, that people can go and vote directly to make those decisions. And when you're building something like Streamer or the Data Unions framework, it's it's like fully dependent on the ecosystem and the builders in that ecosystem, because they are actually like why we're doing it, right? For someone to use it right. and for someone to find value in it and to you know create new businesses or create new value. So it's excellent that there's like models where these stakeholders can directly participate and contribute. And you can kind of tap into the wisdom of the crowd instead of like being a dictator in a in a country and saying, okay, now we do this, <laughs> you right. know. So, which is really cool. Yeah. And I'm glad that that's coming up. And for everyone that's listening and really enjoying what Streamer and everything uh, the Streamer Network's got going on, that the Union DAO, make sure you go look and check that out. But Henry, I know that you have another major milestone that's coming up pretty soon. Can you share that with us? Today's podcast is brought to you by Tantra Labs, where you can earn 12% in Bitcoin and Ethereum yearly. Tantra Labs is a team of researchers, engineers, and data scientists, economists, and optimists whose primary focus is in Bitcoin, which they believe will usher in a more prosperous future built on sound money. They offer real-time loan tracking, fast automated onboarding, 100% payment history, and multi-sig storage. And again, you will get 12% APY on the crypto that you loan. Tantra Labs is taking on international clients as well as clients in the U.S., except for the state of New York. For more information, please go to tantralabs.io. Again, that's tantralabs.io. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. If you want more ways to engage with us outside of the show, come and join us over on Clubhouse, the new app on iOS and coming soon to Android. On Clubhouse, we're bringing you brand new content every single week in a very fun and engaging way so that you can have conversations with us live. That's right, live. Talk to us, some great special guests, and you can join Richard and I every single week for a brand new conversation during our show, Let's Talk Crypto at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find me at my handle, at Stephen Miller. That's Stephen with a V, Miller. And Richard, what's your handle? R Carthon, C-A-R-T-H-O-N. And starting next week, you can also find us by joining our group. That's right. Search us at Crypto Current on Clubhouse and you'll find our group. Join up. Because every single week, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, we'll have a brand new session for you. This summer, late summer, we're going to reach one of the biggest milestones on the streamer network. Marks the decentralization of the network. And it means that anyone can run a node in the peer-to-peer network, whereas so far, if you've been a streamer and have an application that's you know sharing data, you'd have to rely on nodes that are run and hosted by us, right? But once it's decentralized, nothing can stop it. It becomes unstoppable. It will be therefore good. There's no way back. And this has always, of course, been the goal, but it's been kind of tricky to get there. And then the next step, is to add in token incentives. So it's a kind of mining process. So you can join in, run a node, contribute bandwidth to the network and help relay those streams of data in the network and earn tokens by doing so. So it's very different from the kind of mining that you have in proof of work networks like Bitcoin or Ethereum, where you're basically just burning energy to secure the network. 
but on streamer you're contributing useful resources bandwidth right to the network to create the kind of service that it provides which is data transport important needed a big milestone as you said and i'm sure a lot of time and effort energy has gone into building that out yeah, yeah, and lots of people have signed up for running a node in the test nets. There's like, I think, 3,200 people so far who've like said, hey, yes, I want to run a node in the test nets and, and try it out. So that's coming this summer and anyone can still join in. There's no, there's no size limit. In fact, we'd like to have like as big as a test net as possible to kind of prove the scalability of the network. There's also 2 million data tokens up for grabs that amounts to around $300,000 at today's prices for those who participate in those test nets. So there's also tokens to be earned in, in exchange for helping us out. Awesome. So for everyone listening, if you're interested in that, make sure you go participate, make sure you go earn some of that money and help build out this amazing network. But Henry, you know, you've been in this space for a while, and I believe that streamers being built on top of the Ethereum ecosystem. And as you know, one of the challenges with this ecosystem has been scalability. So can we kind of just talk about like where you see the future of scalability on the Ethereum blockchain headed? It's definitely headed in, in a brighter direction. Like as we've seen with the sky high gas prices and everything, it's kind of been reduced down to almost unusable. From our point of view, it's not a big blocker because we don't you know, we only rely on the Ethereum chain for certain things that are not that frequent. So, the, for example, the data itself, of course, doesn't go there. It stays on the streamer network. So we kind of achieve scalability on, in our own use case. But if you think about things like micropayments and having like these data economies emerge that I was talking about, that does require a bit more scalability from the actual on-chain side of things. And currently what we're doing is looking into side chains. So, so we have much of the data union stuff on XDI chain. We're looking at the Polygon chain as well to kind of expand the reach there. But of course, the next step is the L2. So, you know, stuff like Arbitrum or Optimism are just around the corner and will be very interesting to see how they affect things. And we'll be keeping a, a you know, very keen eye on those ones and eventually Ethereum 2.0. But I think we've been like in the Ethereum space since, since the early days, 2016, when we started to look in this direction. And it doesn't seem like, you know, it's, it's, here for, it's definitely here for good. I'm not any kind of maximalist, but, but very comfortable in the Ethereum space and very confident on the network effects and the capability of innovation that exists in that space. But at the heart of things, Streamer itself is kind of a blockchain agnostic technology. So who knows what the future will bring, but currently the pace of innovation and progress in the, especially in the Ethereum scaling space is just mind-blowing. You can already bridge tokens to the different side chains very easily. And as always with crypto, the usability is one main blocker, I think, for mass adoption of new kind of things. But there's been right. plenty of improvement also on that area. So, so overall, I'm very optimistic, very bullish yeah. <laughs> about the overall space and looking, looking forward to what the future will hold. Oh, definitely. I very much believe in the Ethereum ecosystem and it has a lot of legs and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon either. If you follow where a lot of developments 
being built. ETH is still leading the charge. So that alone speaks volumes. But, you know, I, as we kind of wrap up, I always like to finish with two fun questions. One of them being, if you could take all the knowledge you have right now and go back and part wisdom to yourself when you first got started in the crypto space, what are some things that you would tell yourself? Two or three things. <laughs> wow. What a good question. Okay. Thing number one, things are crappier than what you expect them to be. Like when you're early into something, like there's, there's no docs, there's no tools, there's bugs everywhere. You know, it's just an uphill battle when you're trying to, to build something. But that's not a problem because it tells that you're in the right place at the right time. Like when everything is ready and polished, you're already late. Right. Yeah. Everyone else is there already. Like everything is final and polished and, you know, you don't even have a say into anything. So you have to you have to learn a new technology or or try things out or, you know, just endure that slight crappiness that exists everywhere in the crypto space, especially since since, you know, OK, we've come a long way. Right. But but, you know, it's right. always there, this immaturity of everything. And it's there for a good reason. And, and we should kind of appreciate it in some way because, it, like I said, it's a sign that we are here at the right time. You know, we're, right. we're building something new. So maybe that's one thing that I'd, I'd like myself to realize early on because it would just make my journey a little bit more easier and not, not stressing out. Why is, why is everything so so kind of immature and it's hard to build things and so on. But then you just factor it in and appreciate it. Like, okay, this is, this is supposed to be this way uh, because right. it's early. So that's a, that's a really <laughs> good perspective. Honestly, it's, it's, it is an extremely good perspective. And, and as, as much as things have gotten better, we're still extremely early. We're still so extremely early in this. Yes. There's still polish being put on it, but it, it's still got a long way to go. But I really, really enjoy that perspective. And for everyone listening, make sure you go back and listen to it again. Like, it's okay if you're uncomfortable as you get into a new thing. That means you're in at the right time. Because if you can figure this out before everyone else does, you're miles ahead of everyone. So definitely, definitely keep that perspective. But Henry, man, I really do appreciate all your time, all the wisdom and knowledge you've dropped on us, telling us about Streamer. But what is a final thought that you want to leave with all of the listeners here today? Stay curious. Believe in the decentralization. Yeah, take the blue pill instead of the red pill, you know, enter the matrix and see the future with your own eyes and get involved. There's so many ways, even if you're not a developer, you can participate in governance, you know, contribute your, your insights and wisdom. Or if you're a developer, you know, learn stuff, build things, just the sky is the limit. And maybe also the crappiness of immature technology is a limit. But as we, as we just established, enjoy it instead of kind of <laughs> feeling the <laughs> feeling the pain of that. Absolutely. I think that's an incredible final thought. And I appreciate you sharing that information and all information you share with us. So what are ways that people can learn more about Streamer and also learn more about you and connect with you? Yeah, I guess the best way is to start from our project website, which is streamer.network. And Streamer is spelled without the last E in there, so stream R. Get that right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the early days, we we were so poor before the ICO era, we couldn't afford the domain name with the E in there. So we had to kind of modernize it by, by dropping the <laughs> E in there and make it just stream R. But it right. kind of stuck, right? So 
So that's the story there. We also have a Discord where the community joins and can ask questions and the team members are there. So you'll find a link to that on the, on the website as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that information. Thank you for spending time with us. And of course, for everyone listening, stay CryptoCurrent. Hey, CryptoCurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Pirate M, who said, This podcast is great. I didn't know that much about cryptocurrency before I started listening, but now I feel great. The topics covered and guests are all fantastic. Additionally, the information is easy to understand, even if you aren't that well-versed because of how entertaining the whole show is. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Cargon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.